0: Welcome to the one and only Circle City Cinema, with your host and the one and only, Zach Griffith. Hello! And welcome into Circle City Cinema. I am your host, Zach Griffith. And it's a bittersweet occasion tonight. The final edition of the Disgusting Brothers and the final episode of, I i mean, I think it's pretty consensus at this point. One of the greatest shows in the history of HBO and the history of television, Succession, uh, ends its five-year run on the air uh, with the finale titled With Open Eyes. And what a finale it was, folks. I mean, just right off the bat. I think we have to talk about it among the greatest finales of all time. I have down here my notes here. Breaking Bad, which of course that, that one is called Felina. Uh, I won't spoil it because I know my my fellow disgusting brother who who uh, unable to join me tonight, but is here in spirit. He left me some notes here that I will definitely incorporate uh, into the episode here. Some great notes, phenomenal notes now that I'm going through them a little more in depth. Really, really great notes, but I uh, won't spoil Breaking Bad finale for him uh and then made in america of course which is the soprano's finale those ones in my mind unless i'm missing some tend to top the list of hot tv finales now i've been on the record i'm more of a movie guy but uh when i get into a tv show i i get into it hard and that's what she said and, and I, I i just go at it and those ones, you know, the Sopranos, I've been on the record. I, I think it's the greatest TV show of all time. Breaking Bad, I would have second. And then Succession, I feel like with this finale, they landed the plane so well, I think it might make my top fives. I think it might make my top five. Um You know, I'd have to hash out a list here, but I think right now I'd have a fourth. Fourth behind the Sopranos, Breaking Bad, and The Wire. You know, I I mean, you can let us know if if that's too high, but I mean, I think that's pretty accurate just based on the level, the quality level that we got. And this was some of the best writing. I mean, I think I would put this second only to The Sopranos in terms of writing where you have these laugh out loud moments, but then you have moments like in in this episode, uh, you know, when Shiv and Roman and Kendall are meeting as the vote hangs in the balance where you get this range of emotions you even get physical violence it's just not something you see too often and it it plays into my point not to toot my horn but it plays into a point i've made on this pod countless times where hbo is the king of tv i don't know if they'll ever be caught in that race uh in this golden age of tv we've been in basically from the late nineties on. So basically since the Sopranos premiered in 1999, all the way to now, I would say we've been in a golden age of television and HBO has been the Kings of providing us with that content. But this is more than content. This is, I I would say this is art. This is art. This is Shakespearean. uh, It's a true tragedy. And we'll get into all of the, facets and and the factors that make it a, a tragedy especially for a couple characters in particular one one in particular in my mind um a guy who i predicted multiple times would come out on top and he did the exact opposite uh but no with open eyes i mean you knew they were going to land the plane here uh i know a lot of people on i read a lot of reviews online saying you know it was it was always going to end this way you know there there were signs all the way leading up to this, that wasn't going to end well for the siblings. And it makes sense that somebody who had worked in the corporate field, his whole life, his whole professional life, that being Tom ends up on top of Waystar, uh, you know, in air quotes there, but he did end up the CEO. Uh, It makes sense that he would end up in that position. And, you know, when you're looking at it from a practical standpoint, from a, person to person standpoint, I mean, of course, of course, that would be it. Uh, you know, the board wouldn't pick inexperienced or in Kendall's case, uh, wild card options to run this multi-billion dollar company, one of the biggest companies in the world. So of course it's going to be somebody who's worked their way up through the corporate chain has been in the corporate world for, for as many years as Tom has worked a variety of jobs he had he had an actual job in the company in the corporate field so of course it was going to be him but you know that's the great thing about the show you're not looking at it from a business perspective you're looking at it from a fan a viewer perspective and uh as shocking as it was it was also equally sad you know like i said it's a it's a tragedy it's it's a true shakespearean tragedy uh, it it differs from those finales that I mentioned. I mean, you have Breaking Bad wraps up things nicely, a little redemption for Walter, uh, but it ends the way I think we all thought it would. The Sopranos, as the years pass, in my opinion, The Sopranos is still the best finale of all time, and I didn't think that at the time when I saw it for the first time. But as the years have passed, you know, it's been 16 years since that uh, first aired. Actually aired on my 10th birthday. Uh, Fun fact, July, or uh, June 10th, uh, 2007. But beside the point. That one, I think as the years pass, as David Chase reveals more and more of what the ending meant, as, you know, it's basically confirmed what The black screen meant. I feel like that one, the balls it took to end a series of that magnitude on a note like that, I feel like it plays into it too. And it's just a great episode of television. So I'm still going to have that number one, but this one right up there, I think I have a top three. Uh, Just just unbelievable, but uh, we'll get into a little more in depth here. Start with things we've seen lately as usual uh I went on a content binge uh this, this, this past weekend the holiday weekend uh I could not be stopped not not like Caleb Lynn who watches entire seasons uh or in some case season and a half of a show in in 12 hours no I know I I I was here consuming content at a steady pace surely but steadily consuming content. And not just shoveling it down my throat like Evelyn. Uh the taking of film one, two, three. On Netflix right now, starring Denzel Washington, John Travolta, James Gandolfini, speaking of the Sopranos, Uh great entertainment for any Heist fans. I got a great cat and mouse game. Uh it's about a subway train that gets hijacked by John Travolta's character. Uh ends up doing uh like a a back-and-forth game with Denzel's character who works for the subway transit control. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Directed by Tony Scott, who, of course, directed uh, Top Gun, Days of Thunder, uh, Man on Fire, worked with Denzel plenty of plenty of times, uh, Crimson Tide, movies like that. So if you're into movies like that, you will definitely like taking a Pelham 123, checking out on Netflix. Uh, next one is Burnt. I would. T- I watch Burnt, starring Bradley Cooper, Daniel Brühl, Sienna Miller. Uh, really, really good movie. Uh, a little too cliche, in my opinion. Uh, it's about a chef working his way back up from the bottom. Uh, blew an opportunity with with drugs and and stuff like that. But uh, a little too cliche, in my opinion. But. Captures the food industry, the, the chef profession pretty well in my opinion. Uh it was just too predictable was, was my was my big problem with it. But uh I think it was like a seven or six and a half out of ten. I mean I didn't hate it, uh, but I think the bear took this premise that Burnt was trying to do and improved on it uh tenfold. Tenfold. Uh you know, the bear is pretty unpredictable. You have a few wild card characters in the bear that you don't know what they're going to do week to week or episode to episode with burnt. I feel like I knew exactly what was happening the whole time. There was really no, uh, no question in my mind how the movie was, was going to end, but uh, still I think it's worth the watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, I'm not hating on it, but I, you know, I just, I probably won't watch it again. And then probably the best movie I watched. Since the last episode, uh, The Son, which is a follow up to The Father, which, of course, is the movie Anthony Hopkins won his second best actor Oscar for a couple years ago. You might remember the famous upset over Chadwick Boseman. Uh, The Son stars Hugh Jackman, Laura Dern, Vanessa Kirby. It's about a father uh, trying to cope with his uh, suicidal son. Uh, Not a lot of guidance in his life uh in terms of being a, a good father in terms of dealing with something like this uh and there's a lot of low reviews for this movie and i, I, I gotta say I, I don't fucking get it i don't get it uh this movie i'm not gonna watch it again but that's not because it wasn't a great movie it's because it's so fucking intense and you know if you I gotta say if you if you have people in your life who are suicidal or, you know, God forbid have taken their lives. I don't know if you're going to make it through this movie because it just seems so realistic. Uh, the thing I like about movies like the son and the father are, you know, they're so human and they seem so like you believe it's happening. You believe it could happen to someone, you know, where, you know, where the father took you know a daughter trying to deal with her father's dementia this one is kind of a little bit of a role reversal and of course the circumstances are a little different but you know it's a father trying to cope and deal with his son's suicidal thoughts suicidal behaviors and he just clearly doesn't know what to do all he wants is for his son to be to be happier uh to not think these things and he just has no clue he doesn't have the first clue how how to go about that uh but i thought Hugh Jackman put in one of the best performances of his career i i'm, I'm kind of mystified now how he wasn't nominated for an oscar uh this movie bombed at the box office which you know the first one didn't do great at the box office either but this one I just thought it was good. I thought it was a great movie. I read the reviews. You know, most times when a movie I like gets a low rating on IMDb or has a lot of bad reviews. I understand what where they're coming from and for for the most part, but with the, with The Sun, I didn't get any. Of them. I mean I didn't I didn't understand the, the 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 6 or so rating it had on IMDb. Excuse me, IMDb. Uh, I didn't understand people's complaints about it. It's just a very emotionally intense and and investing movie. And if you are not one, it's about two hours. So if you're not if you're not one to sit down, dedicate that amount of time to something as emotionally intense and gripping as that. You know, especially when you're dealing with that subject matter I'm talking about, like, you're probably not gonna. I think you'll believe the movie is good because it is, but you're gonna find it hard to sit through. And I totally get it because, for the reasons I said, this movie is extremely realistic, it's extremely human, it's extremely authentic and real. And that's my problem with the bad reviews of this movie is because. Movies nowadays, I mean, you don't get a lot of movies that are just human, that are just straight up humane movies. And this one here captures the relationship between a father and a son, the strain on a marriage, uh, a father at a, uh, you know, a middle aged man at a crossroads in his life, like <laughs> extremely realistic, poignant stuff that could happen to anyone you know you don't get that a lot in movies this one totally captured it i thought hugh jackman like i said put together one of his best performances i mean i i think logan is one of his best performances i think prisoners might be his best performance uh greatest showman of course uh you know there's plenty of other ones to pick from with hugh jackman lame is not a great movie but he's good in it um you got movies like that so kind of frustrating the the low reviews I don't get it but the sun check it out it's on Netflix like I said not for everybody uh I would almost guarantee it's rated R I don't know off the top of my head but I would almost guarantee it um tough tough watch so viewer discretion advised if if you have experienced or know people going through suicidal thoughts uh, you know probably viewer discretion advised but uh I I I really Enjoyed the movie. I thought I thought it was a great movie. Uh, and then, and then sticking on Netflix, you know, again this this service just dominates crime documentaries. I <laughs> Went through a couple. Uh, the hatchet wielding hitchhiker. You know, I was telling my friend Bryce Shaddy today. Some people you just look at them, you listen to them talk, and you're just like, you should be in a jail cell. Uh, the hatch the hatchet wielding hitchhiker is definitely one of them, and he's in a jail cell now. So, spoiler alert. Check that out. On Netflix, guy was like a viral star in a news interview, ended up being a, a murderer. Um, now he's in a cell. <laughs> and, and I think if you listen to him talk, you'll you'll know what I'm saying. Um, also, I watched uh, Catching the Killer Nurse, which is also, it's a documentary on Netflix, and it's also a movie starring Eddie Redmayne and Jessica Chastain two Oscar winners. Uh, it's called, the movie's called The Good Nurse, but I didn't watch the movie. I watched the documentary. Uh, and it's about a nurse who, you know, the title gives it away. The nurse uh, kills patients for, for no reason. It's not, it's not like euthanasia where they are. It's not like a Jack of Orkian thing where these patients are dying or have terminal illness and he's putting them out of their misery. No, this guy was just killing patients just cause he was injecting them with ludicrous amounts of lethal, uh, lethal amounts of medicine. Killing him for no reason. They were estimating he killed like 40 people. Uh, some hospitals that he worked for have reported other ones there. And then it's up like up in the hundreds of people they think he killed. It's insane. Uh, and it all could have been prevented, you know, people, his employers, uh, you know they they overlooked some things. They didn't want the deaths on their report. Uh, I don't know how all that works with hospitals, but they didn't want the deaths on their record. They overlooked it. They they passed him on to other hospitals where he continued doing the same illegal shit, evil shit, and eventually caught up to him. The cops got him. Uh, but really intriguing, doc. A couple nurses he worked with were. Uh, uh, interviewed uh, the cops that arrested him and were interviewed. Really good doc. Moving on to Max. Uh, Warner Brothers documentary on there celebrating the 100th anniversary of Warner Brothers. If you love film history like I do, if you're a history degenerate, uh, especially if you watch a lot of WB movies, this is for you. This is, goes through. There's only two episodes out as of now that I'm recording this. Uh, on June 1st in the evening but um you know episode 1 goes through the history of the Warner brothers actually like Jack and Sam and and then those guys uh establishing the studio working their way up through the golden age of hollywood um uh, being pioneers in in breaking the silent era of movies uh coming in talkies they call them talkies back then breaking the the, the the sound barrier in movies, if you will. Uh, and then the second episode is about Clint Eastwood's importance to the studio, the franchise model, stuff like that. Uh, the Warner Brothers kind of phasing themselves out of the business, selling the business. So if you love film history, uh, cinema history, check it out. You get interviews with like Martin Scorsese, uh, Clint Eastwood, Um, all, all kinds, all kinds of people. Stanley Kubrick's heavily featured. Uh, yeah, I think you'll love it if you love film history. Then a couple finales, the Ted Lasso finale and the Barry finale. The Barry finale, I have to say, not as good of a landing as the Succession uh, finale. I, I, I didn't really, I thought the Barry finale was a little rushed. Uh, I didn't really... It's not that I didn't like it. I just thought it was not a very satisfying conclusion to, to an otherwise great show. Um, but I'm excited to see what Bill Hader has to do or is going to do with the rest of his career. He's, he, I think has the potential to be a unicorn, uh, to be a Jordan Beale type where, you know, he goes from being comedy, mostly comedy to, uh, dominating a genre like Peel has done with horror, I feel like Bill Bill uh, Hader has that potential to do something like that. He's working on horror movies. Uh, I know he's working on a couple action things. I think I read on Hollywood Reporter or Variety, one or the other. Uh, but whatever he does, I'm in. You know, he, he has my stamp of approval. So if you put any stock into what I think or say, watch Barry watch anything the guy does or is involved in I, I i can't i can't stress it enough great show thought the finale uh could have been extended a little more but overall good ending the show ted lasso finale which all signs point to this being the final uh the final episode of the series um uh, great really great show and not at all what I thought it would be. It's one of the most feel-good shows I've ever seen. Um, One of the great leading man performances in a show by Jason Sudeikis as the titular Ted Lasso. An absolute milf in Rebecca who owns AFC Richmond. Caleb, shove it on Rebecca. She's hot as hell. Shove it. I don't know what you're looking at. But I'm kind of sad to see this one go because I wanted a little more. Uh, you know, I I I can't find any confirmation that this was the last season, but it definitely felt like it. Um really loved the show. Again, nothing like I thought it would be. I thought it'd be a lot more I didn't think it would be nearly as feel good as it was. And the show did a phenomenal job of wrapping up conflicts wrapping up loose ends you know pretty quickly they didn't let things linger like uh some other shows do which is not a bad thing to let things linger but i just thought it was interesting ted lasso didn't let things or storylines or or drama linger past an episode or two i mean they they resolved it pretty quickly i think the only storyline they let linger would have been uh, the Nate storyline, which if you've seen the show, uh, you know very well. Yeah, Moving on to the news section and then getting into the episode. The Netflix Sodom event on June 17th, uh, basically like a Netflix panel from what I can understand, uh, announcing news on shows like Stranger Things uh, and Avatar The Last Airbender, their live action adaptation of that. And then uh, releasing footage, I expect, of Extraction 2 and Rebel Moon. A couple of my most hyped movies that I'm excited to see this year. Uh, So check that out in a couple weeks. And then The Last of Us, Season 2, will begin filming at the end of this year. Bella Ramsey says it'll be darker than season one. It'll be a story of revenge. Uh, there will definitely be some Last of Us recaps. Uh, there's there's no question about that. Uh, Alright, moving into the episode with Open Eyes. The series finale of Succession. Right off the bat here, Tom quote-unquote wins the war for Waystar. Uh, he gladly accepts the invitation to be Lucas Matson's puppet. Uh, and Alex added, has uh, some notes here. Alex says, When this scene happened, I kind of knew Tom would end up on top. And uh, from pods I've listened to, from watching that scene again, yeah. Because who held all the leverage in this whole, this entire season? And maybe even a, a little bit of the last season. It was Matson. Matson had it all. they really. Only slip up he had was the India numbers with subscribers, which never came back to bite him in the ass. Um, and uh his his secretary that he seemed to have a relationship with that never came to bite him either. Maybe we'll in the future, but we're not gonna see that. And Tom, you know, like we said on the top, has been in the corporate world forever, knows no other profession besides it, and has always stuck with the top dog. You know, he's never wavered. He's always stuck with whoever's on top. Whether it was Logan, now it's Matson. Uh, it was Kendall for a brief time. Uh, at the beginning of the series ended up being Matson. Ends up getting the CEO position, which at the beginning of the season would have seemed like a joke. At Logan, at the time of Logan's death, would have seemed like an absolute joke if Tom ended up CEO. Now he is, even though he doesn't have any real power. Uh, you know, Matson basically says. I'm looking for a pain sponge. Word for word, I think that's what he said. I'm looking for a pain sponge and a, a front man, basically, and that's what Tom's going to be. Uh, regardless, he got what everyone was fighting for the the Waystar CEO title. Uh, but he also gets an empty marriage with Shiv, Shiv, who, you know, I've been on the record. I fucking hate Shiv. I think she sucks. Uh, she she's she's terrible. She's, I think I fucking hate her. I've hated her for like two seasons in a row. I think she sucks and I don't think she won because you get an empty marriage with shit with, with Tom, Tom, who doesn't even love you. Tom, who doesn't even, he didn't even, he wasn't even sure he wanted to pursue a relationship with you at the, at the beginning of this episode where you, you call him, ask if you want to try again. And he says, I don't know. He didn't even know if he wanted you in his life. And Shiv, you know, we have the half ass icy handshake at the end of the episode. Once Tom is crowned, you know, quote unquote crowned. And it just, I mean, yeah, sure. On paper you win, but at the end of the day, what are you? You're going to be a mom with this kid. Who's absolutely going to be fucked up in the head, fucked up in the head. And that's terrible parents. Tom's a jackass. Shiv sucks. Shiv will continue. I mean, Shiv's gonna bang Nate any day now. You know, any day after the pregnancy, Shiv's gonna bang Nate or bang somebody else. Not even sure it's Tom's kid. I'm still not sure. She claims it. I'm still not sure. I just I hate Shiv and Tom. You know, you could say Tom's a coward, whatever for going for going with the top dog all the time, but he won. He won. He got what everyone was fighting for. He got the CEO title. Uh whether it's an actual CEO title, you know, you can argue that it's not, according to Madsen, but you know, he got what everyone was fighting for. He got got title uh in on paper is the heir, uh, you know, the successor to Logan Roy. So he gets that. Uh question we had: how fucked is Tom and Shiv's child? extremely fucked. Alex says, the kid has no fucking shot. Shiv will turn into a merge of Logan and Caroline. I like that take, Alex. I like that take, because Shiv Shiv will back out on the people closest to her, just like Caroline did at the end of season three. But she also knows how to play her cards sometimes, knows to put her uh, chips behind somebody who is in power like Logan did you know logan knew you know matson was coming for him that that stage of the company was over and that it was in his best interest to sell shiv knew it was in her best interest to stay afloat she needs to stay with tom she needs to stay involved in the company keep it in the bloodline if you will which apparently she's going to with with this kid and we'll get into more bloodlines uh later later on here but uh, I want to shift to Kendall now because Kendall, yeah. You know, spoiler alert, big loser of the show, big loser of the episode. Um, uh, probably my favorite character in the show. Where does he go from here? Where does he go from here? You know, I had an up and down episode. It seemed like he had it cinched up. He had the votes to become the CEO. He had the votes to block the deal with Gojo. And it just ends up blowing up in his face. Basically all of his past mistakes end up staring him down in a little room with glass windows with his two siblings and it was just one of the greatest scenes that I have ever seen. Ever in a television episode. I mean it was unfucking believable. The acting in there, the intensity that that is one where you're like, I want to, I wish I would have been on set for that. I wish I would have been there to feel the tension to, to, to see the sweat on the brows to, to see the writers salivating at at their, their work coming to life right in front of them. The, these actors going for the Emmys, you know, going, going for the hundred mile an hour fastball, just fucking awesome stuff here. And unfortunately ended up being an epic meltdown, For Kendall. Uh, He shoves Roman against the wall. Get into why that is later. Uh, Ends up denying probably his biggest folly. I guess you could call it. I mean, it's definitely more than a folly killing somebody. But his biggest... Something that I was expecting to rear its head way earlier than it actually did. But when he killed the waiter in season one. Season one finale. You knew that would come back in some form or fashion to to haunt him, uh, and it ended up doing so here. It, 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 you could argue it ended up costing him any shot that was left, being the waste CEO. So, uh, an epic meltdown, a classic Kendall meltdown, and uh, ends up shooting himself in the foot. What, what's what's new? Uh, Alex says. Kendall will definitely either kill himself or go on a bender. He had put his entire identity and purpose into being CEO. He had, he had, but Alex, I'm going to disagree with you that he's not going to kill himself. I think he could, he has enough share. He's still, he's still a multimillionaire, if not a billionaire from his shares in the company. And he's going to get bought out, he's going to be able to buy a company like PGN if he wants you know, if he ever recovers from this, I think it'll be fine, but I want to get to the killing himself part because I was listening to pods, reading some stuff and there are all kinds of foreshadowing and signals and symbol and, and, you know, language of Kendall possibly taking his own life. And, you know, Obviously, the drug problem, uh, the maybe the suicide attempt in the pool—that was never confirmed—and then there's all of these images of Kendall looking down from high buildings, from tall buildings, uh, being on the roof uh, at the end of Logan's, uh, and when Logan died, uh, there's all of these, you know, signs and and symbolism of Kendall possibly killing himself. And I have to say, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, I guarantee it. When the deal, was when the deal was voted through and Kendall knew he had nothing to stand on, I thought he was going to kill himself. I thought he was going down. I thought he was getting in the elevator to go up top and jump off the building. I, I honestly thought that he even says, to Shiv, if you block this, I might die. Because the, he is totally, without, what Alex said, he's totally defined his life and being around, you know, around being the CEO of this company that never happened. Alex says, he became Logan without reaping the rewards. To supplement my points from the other pods, compounds the tragedy of Kendall because he lost everything he cared about without reaping any of the rewards. Almost the biggest slap in the face that you can imagine. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Kendall is the biggest tragedy of the show. He did become his father without reaping the benefits. You know, I think Kendall overall was a good businessman, but he didn't have the gusto, I guess you would call it, to, to lead people, to get people behind him, to have full confidence in him. I, he didn't. He clearly didn't have that you know he could give speeches with the best of them but he didn't have that leadership quality to him uh i think he was in it more for the power than the success that came with it um i think he could come off as a good leader but i don't think he actually had the qualities to be a good leader and it is a tragedy because you know in season 1 he was on the brink of acquiring the company and then he kills the waiter and then he's basically a, a, a puppet of Logan to avoid that news coming out. He's a shell of himself for a long time, and then now seems like he's doing a victory lap. He has he has the votes, and it just doesn't happen. Um, but it's it's definitely the biggest tragedy of the series. Longest episode of the series should be mentioned. It was about an hour and a half. Uh, And Roman can't make decisions for himself, as we knew, hesitant to vote for Ken when it comes down to it. And he only does so. uh, He only makes a decision for himself after Shib decides not to vote for him and the revelation that. Kendall is, Kendall, you know, we'll, we'll get into in the best scenes, but Kendall lies about killing Andrew Dodds. So let's get into the best scene here. The Roy siblings ally and bond at Caroline's to block the Gojo deal. Ken is anointed as the CEO and a meal fit for a king, which will go down as one of the biggest <laughs> joke scenes of, in a good way of, of the show. I thought it was ironic. Uh, Roman went to his mom's to heal, considering she's the one who put them in this situation in the first place, but whatever. Uh, and I thought Shiv and Roman coming together to anoint Kendall, you know, clearly they didn't want to do it. Uh, they had reservations, and we should have, probably should have known at that point that one of them, if not both, were going to uh, not vote for him when the time came. And a meal fit for a king. Uh if you're gonna ask me if I'm drinking that, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not I'm not drinking it. Um uh, it look like shit. Tom and Matt's in conversation. Again, Alex hit on it. You know, you should have we should have known this was gonna be the outcome when they sat down. Seemed like Tom was gonna get fired, ended up not. You know, ended up not, and ended up ends up uh becoming the CEO virtual dinner with Logan where tears are actually shed. This was an awesome scene because we had one more shot at Brian Cox. Uh, basically the last time we see Connor was is here. And I, I thought it was a great scene because, again, one last time with Logan, with Brian Cox, uh, you get to see him, you know, being a dad, being a friend of these people who, who work for him, uh, you know, reciting the uh, electoral losers. Uh, I thought it was really funny. thought it was really heartfelt which you can't say a lot uh with scenes involving <laughs> involving Logan Roy. Moving on Greg and Tom slap fight in the bathroom. <laughs> just just a funny scene uh Greg exposed for giving Shiv the info, giving Kendall the info uh on Tom being named CEO. Uh Roman has basically a mental breakdown and gets his stitches ripped out by Kendall in a hug. And then, uh, my vote and Alex's vote too. He says, can it be anything else? Uh, Shiv backs out of the vote during the board meeting. Kendall has the meltdown. Denies killing Andrew Dodds in a last ditch effort to sway them to vote for him. And then the children's lineage question. Kendall's children having their lineage questioned, which leads them to attacking Roman. This was actually something I texted Alex and Bryce and Caleb about because I was really thrown off by this and I don't think I was the only one. I I think I saw a lot of people, you know, with the pods I listened to and the stuff I read on Twitter, a lot of people were confused by this where Roman says something like, your kids came out of a filing cabinet and I, I and uh, some some other guy. And I, I took that as, I took that as what Rava cheated on him or something. But then I looked into it and according to the Succession Fandom website, uh, Kendall and Rava's daughter was adopted and their son, Iverson, who if you remember got slapped by by Logan in season one, uh, he was born via artificial insemination. So in Logan's eyes, they were not the true heirs. Uh, so Roman is pointing out the fact that Shiv's child would be the true heir to the Roy lineage. Handel can't take it given all the circumstances ends up attacking Roman, uh, like squeezing his face It was really brutal. I thought I thought somebody was going to die. I I really I'm not even I'm not kidding. I thought someone was going to die. I thought he was going to kill Roman. Uh and the final nominee here Kendall roaming Battery Park after losing the vote and Tom and Shiv holding hands. Uh, you know Kendall roaming Battery Park with with uh with Colin shadowing him. Colin definitely thought Kendall was going to kill himself or something that, I mean, that's basically his only ally left. Um, but it has to be the meltdown has to be shit backing out. There's no, there's no question. Uh, and moving on to the block in the backboard from the most brainless decision, a couple nominees. Uh, we have Kendall denying killing Andrew Dodds. We have Caroline's husband, who has a sales pitch to the siblings that they don't even listen to. And we have Greg Hirsch uh, basically exposing himself, giving himself away as the informant to Kendall. Tom keeps him on, but has to be Greg, in my opinion. Uh, Greg, Alex says, blocking the back on a 99-yard kick return, so it's only an 84-yard kick return instead. Uh, Yeah, totally agree. Who got it the worst? got to be Kendall. Um uh, you know again as Alex said uh Alex says Peter's cheese also a strong contender here. Got to got to agree with that. Uh Who got it the worst? It has to be Kendall because again like Alex said, I mean, you have framed your entire being and existence around being the CEO of this. Not to mention your dad promised you this when you were seven years old, as you revealed in this episode. <laughs> you were basically fucked from the start, just like Shiv and Tom's kids going to be. Kendall Roy got it the worst. All you have to do is look at him walking through Battery Park. I know that. Big winner, we got Lucas Mattson. Tom. Um, uh, I went with Tom. Alex says Tom won the episode and by transitive property, the series Again, got to agree with that. Uh I had Lucas Matz on here cuz he eventually gets the merger, but not only does he get the merger, he get basically it's both companies because Tom is a puppet. Tom also gets to let go of Frank, Carl and Hugo. Hugo gets fucked. Uh Hugo gets fucked. He he got fucked. You know, we, we all thought this was going to happen. Nothing ever came of the insider trading with Hugo's daughter, but in the end he gets fucked by Tom. Uh fuck Hugo. Big loser. I had the Roy siblings as a whole because Roman is just basically going to coast off his shares is what I took that last scene as him, him, you know, chilling at the, at the bar. I took that as I'm just going to take my shares and, and, and fuck off. Kendall, of course, you know, it looks like he just saw somebody get shot and then Shiv has an empty marriage. She's going to be a horrible mother, uh, as a slave to Matson. Uh, yeah. she's, she's, she has nothing. Dylan Hughes slipping the DMs award. I have Stewie because you voted for Kendall, but I'm going to guess you're not on speaking terms because of what happened. Everyone saw what happened. I mean, they saw him attack Roman, they heard him yelling at Shiv and Roman. And it's not, not good. And Stewie, I, I'm just going to ask you. Are you staying at Waystar Royco or are you going to align yourself with Logan when he, or not Logan, Kendall, when he tries to take over PGN? You never know with Stewie. He all, again, he all, he's a bandwagon. He follows, he follows whoever's in front, uh, kind of like by shadow of the Warriors and the chiefs. Uh, So I think Stewie is going to stay with Waystar and, I'm going to DM him to make sure of that. Alex says, Zach, can you DM Carl for me? My DM is going to Colin and asking if he felt there was a chance Kendall was going to hurt himself. I think there absolutely was. uh, Colin felt that. Absolutely felt that. And I'm going to compare Kendall to Christopher Moltisanti, uh, probably the breakout star of of, uh, The Sopranos. Two guys who had it all made for them. All they had to do was stay out of their own way, and they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Christopher was being groomed to take over the family. Kendall was being groomed to take over the company, and they both did things, you know, whether it was doing drugs or killing people or banging somebody else's wife. Who, you know, just they just couldn't stay out of their way, and ended up being uh, lethal you know, literally and figuratively for, for both of them. Then the mailbag folks bringing back the mailbag. We have, uh, somebody writing in, uh, from, from battery park. "I it said <clears throat> it's actually a, uh, uh, an audio message here. Uh, so let me, uh, let me read. Hey Zach. Uh, pretty, uh, fucking devastated right now. I am the oldest boy and fucking somehow am left holding my cock. My dad promised this to me when I was seven years old. Who the fuck does that? I got, uh, I got fucked. I'm wondering if, uh, there's anywhere for me to go from here. Luckily I, I got my guy Colin here to follow me through the shitstorm. So fucking, uh, fucking loyal. Let's fucking do this. Let's link up. Uh, you know, get some get something brewing here. Uh get some business going. Think about buying PGN. Uh yeah, let's let's do this. Living plus. Guys, let's go. From Battery Park and Delroy. Oh, Kendall, uh, you know, I said I think you're gonna buy PGN. I think you should do that. You know, they were open to your offer earlier when the siblings were involved. Now uh, I think they'd still be open to it. You got a hefty share from your part of, of Waystar, so I I say go for it, man. And I, I would watch a spinoff of you. Uh, and you're one of my favorite characters, as much as yourself. Destructive. You're one of my favorite characters, and I would watch anything with you in it. Jeremy Strong, I think, undoubtedly the breakout character of of the show. So to put a bow on it. With open eyes, ending the run, the epic five-year run, 2018 to 2023 of Succession. Uh, rest in peace, Logan Roy. Uh, I, I, I'm i going to miss this show. It's going to call for a rewatch, no question. Uh, and I, wa- I want to thank Alex Burr for joining me on the journey, the Disgusting Brothers. Uh, sad you couldn't join me tonight, but you were here in spirit. I had all of your... Uh, notes here, I loved them, and I want to plug some stuff before we go. We got NBA finals coverage around the network, whether it's the power hour, whether it's Linsanity with Bryce and Caleb and myself, whether it's uh, any other show on the network, probably talking about the finals. Game one tonight by the time this is released, either the Nuggets or the Heat will be up one nothing in the finals. So, check that out. Secret Invasion Recaps with myself and Caleb Lynn. Uh, Secret Invasion, the next MCU show on Disney Plus, airing at the end of the month. Join us uh, on Thursday nights, recapping those, and then I have some character drafts planned: HBO characters, Star Wars characters, uh, and a couple anniversary series pods planned as well. And then we're going to be—I'm going to be tackling these June releases. Uh, we got across the Spider Verse this weekend. We got the Boogeyman this weekend. We got Bryce's most anticipated movie of the year, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. We got The Flash, Elemental, Asteroid City, Indiana Jones, and The Dial of Destiny. It's all coming, not to mention in July as well. Uh, So folks, thank you very much for listening and a nice send-off to Succession and the Disgusting Brothers.